0: It's January 25th, 2023. In this episode, I discuss several new cannabis bills and a bill that deschedules psilocybin, which have been introduced to the 103rd General Assembly in Illinois. It should be noted that this episode was originally released on patreon.com slash on January 10th, 2023. Since then, more bills have been introduced. If you're looking for coverage on the latest bills that have been filed, subscribe to us at chillanoi.net slash Patreon. It's January 10th, 2023. It's just about 730 in the morning. My name is Cole Preston, and I'm coming at you with a legislative update. So for those of you who don't know, our next legislative session is starting soon. That's right, your lawmakers are headed back to Springfield. Well, they're actually in Springfield right now, uh, from what I understand for a lame duck session. I might be wrong on that. Uh, don't quote me on, on that. Uh, but, but anyways, your elected officials are about to head back to Springfield for an entirely new General Assembly. So the one that we are currently in Um, As you know, there's some bills that they're trying to push through, including a firearms bill, is the 102nd General Assembly. So the next one will be the 103rd. So if you follow us on Patreon, you know that several cannabis bills have been filed, um, have been pre-filed for this next session. We've already done a short podcast on Patreon regarding some of the bills. Um, That's episode number 244. It's been brought to my attention that several other cannabis bills have been pre-filed. I'll have a link to each of these bills in the podcast description. Uh, before I get into that, though, there's also some exciting news regarding psilocybin. So if you follow us on, if you follow us on Instagram, you will see that we broke a story last night um, that legislation that deschedules psilocybin and psilocin while also creating a regulatory structure for supported adult use has also been pre-filed for the Illinois General Assembly. So I don't exactly know. I'm not like well-versed on this bill yet. But from what I understand, since the legislation deschedules psilocybin, effectively, all criminal penalties will no longer exist. That's what I've been led to believe. So cultivation possession, use, there would not be a graduated scale of penalties because the substance would be completely descheduled, just like any other mushroom that we deal with in our day-to-day life, right? And so that's definitely going to be interesting. That's HB001. I will put that in the show notes as well. If you want to read the fine print, I definitely recommend reading the fine print before just ...calling your representative and urging them to support the bill, I really think that we should look into what this actually means. And in the spirit of that, I have invited people that are very familiar with what this bill should mean onto my show to answer several of my questions. The descheduling thing seems to be pretty clear, but I'm definitely going to get clarification on that. The other thing that this bill, like I mentioned, creates is a regulatory structure for supported adult use. And so from what I understand, like at first glance, this would not be like the way that we've legalized cannabis. It wouldn't be adult use like that, where you just go to a store, purchase a product, and then use it at your own leisure. Unfortunately, that's not how I understand this supported adult use structure to function. So the key word here is supported adult use. And so from what I understand, you will be able to seek out services, aka support, to go through this type of experience, right? Using psilocybin, using psilocin. And so that's what I understand it to mean. And of course, that would mean that then an industry would be birthed, for lack of better words, Uh, industry would be born. And I don't know what that means. I don't know what that looks like. I do get the impression that it will be highly regulated. I do not get the impression that there are any social equity provisions um, in this bill. So that's that's notable, I think. Uh, but yeah, we will be talking with people that know more about this bill in the future. So let on Saturday, January 21st, we released episode number 249 of the Illinois podcast, which features Nathan Gates. Nathan is from the Illinois Psychedelic Society. During the episode, we talk about the CURE Act and what it could mean for the state of Illinois. You can tune into this episode now. I put a link in the podcast description for this episode. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Let's get into what we actually came in here to talk about today, which is that several cannabis laws have been introduced for the 103rd General Assembly in Illinois. Um, Once again, we're going to have a link to each of these bills that we talk about. And just right off the top, I want to say that I'm going to be reading the summaries today. And I will also say right off the top, just as a reminder, I do not get the impression that any of these bills that are being filed are for normal people. All of these bills seem to be for the industry. So HB 0008, 0008 <laughs> House Bill 8, in other words, uh, the summary of this one, it was pre-filed uh, by LaShawn Ford, it apparently amends the Cannabis Regulation Act and provides that entities awarded a cannabis transporting license may defer paying the associated fee for a period of no more than two years. So that's that's that. Um, I think that's, like, as you can tell, that is definitely something for the industry. It's for somebody who has a transporting license. Um, This House Bill 25... Looks like it amends the Cannabis Regulation and Tax Act and raises the specified square footage requirements for craft growers. So it raises the number of craft grow licenses for specified craft growers to three rather than one, six rather than two, and ten rather than three. It removes language prohibiting craft growers from being located within 1,500 feet of each other and prohibits cannabis product advertising from describing or references a cannabis product as craft unless the cannabis product is produced by a craft grower that's an interesting one um one that i think that the bigger companies might take issue with but who knows it also provides that the cannabis cultivation privilege tax shall not be assessed against or collected from specified craft craft growers until two years after the date The craft grower was awarded a license, and it says it, quote, makes under other changes, end quote. And so that's why it's very important to read the fine print. What are the other changes? I don't know. I've not read it yet. Once I get a better idea, I will definitely fill you in. Let's move on to the next bill, House Bill 30. This one provides, as a condition for the renewal of a cultivation center's license, a cultivation center shall set aside and offer wholesale to infuser organizations an in amount of the cultivation center's monthly THC oil production. I don't totally understand this bill, but it says it requires the department to establish a formula to establish fair THC oil set-aside amount targets for each individual cultivation center in, in proportion to that cultivation center's production capacity. Yeah, I don't totally understand this bill, to be honest, House Bill 30, but it's definitely another industry bill. House Bill 31, it removes language providing that any person or entity awarded a craft grow license under specified provisions shall only hold one craft grower license, and it requires the Department of Agriculture to... Agriculture to issue an additional 30 craft grower licenses on or before December 21st, 2023 and an additional 30 craft grower licenses on or before March 15th, 2024. And it looks like it also requires each adult use cultivation center or early approval adult use cultivation center holder that produces THC oil to set aside a portion of its monthly production to sell to infuser organizations to provide infuser organizations with an adequate supply for their infusion processes. So again, definitely another industry-centered bill. There's more to this one, but I encourage you to read the fine print. Read more about it. That's House Bill 31. House Bill 32. This is the co-location bill that we keep hearing about. From what I understand... Um, this has been filed in the past. What this bill would allow is that the premises, a premises, may be shared between up to three craft growers, an infuser organization, a cultivation center, a dispensing organization, or any combination thereof, provided that specified requirements are met. That actually is a pretty cool one. It's definitely still pro-industry, but I like the idea of having a craft cultivation you know, facility with a dispensary on site. They have stuff like that in Michigan, and it'd be so cool if we had that in Illinois. But once again, industry centered bill, House Bill 32. So, House Bill 0998, or House Bill 998, this creates an income tax deduction in an equal in an amount equal to any federal deduction disallowed pursuant to Section 280E of the Internal Revenue Code related to the production and distribution of adult-use cannabis products by an entity licensed under the CRTA. So, I don't totally understand this bill, but from what I do understand about it, it does seem to be... It's trying to, like, offset... What these producers have to pay in federal taxes, which I, from what I understand, is the 280e, Section 280e that it was referencing. Again, though, I am way out of my ballpark with that. That is my loose understanding. Definitely recommend reading more into this. House Bill 1010. Now, I have to take back what I said. I guess at the beginning of the podcast, this is a consumer-centered bill. From the at a glance, looking at the summary, this is a consumer centered bill and by no surprise it comes from representative mary flowers it amends the critical health problems and comprehensive health education act and provides that a school's comprehensive health education program must include instruction on the medical and legal ramifications of cannabis use okay i take that back i don't know how (laughs) i don't know how what this looks like, but I trust that because it's coming from representative Mary flowers and her past, uh, with, with actually filing bills that are for the consumer. I would like to think that this is for the consumer at first to read. I thought that this was saying that the schools will have to learn how to administer medical cannabis, which I know that is some like is, is a requirement to an extent. Like if you're a young medical cannabis patient, you, I believe by law can, take cannabis at school. There is a law that allows you to do that. But I thought maybe that this was building on this law. That's what I thought at first glance. Now that I read it again, I don't know that I completely understand it. And so again, I'm going to say, read the fine print on that one, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, House Bill 1025. I have no idea what this one does. There's several bills like this, but it says it amends the Cannabis Regulation and Tax Act and makes a technical change in a section concerning the short title. It's filed by Representative Mary Flowers. No idea what that bill does. Um, Okay, moving on to our last two bills. House Bill 1035. This is another one from Representative Mary Flowers. And it does seem sort of industry-focused, I will say, but... It provides that notwithstanding specified provisions of the act, state entities must establish alternate lowered amounts of licensing fees and escrow or surety requirements under the provisions. And it also provides that only the separate lowered fees and escrow or surety requirements shall be required of a person who has, one, a family a close family member who has been housed in a state or local jail or prison system, or two, has resided in the southwest or west side of Chicago for 15 years as evidenced by tax records or other such documents. It's an interesting one. I don't, I'm not going to pretend to understand or support that bill yet. I will once again encourage you to read the fine print, maybe even reach out to Representative Flowers for clarification on what the bills she has filed mean. So this last one was pre-filed by Representative Rita Mayfield, It's House Bill 1055-1055, and it amends the Public Community College Act. It provides that the Illinois Community College Board shall develop and maintain a program to provide free tuition at one community college in each R3 area designated designated as such under the Cannabis Regulation and Tax Act using money appropriated from the Cannabis Regulation Fund. It authorizes the board to adopt any rules necessary and amends the state finance act to make related changes. I kind of thought this one was cool. Um, I don't know what exactly all of the R3 money is used for. I've heard that it's for reinvesting in communities and three other R's. Um, (laughs) but I don't, I'm not going to, I don't understand exactly where they use that money and how they use that money, but putting it towards college for kids that sounds like a pretty good use of that money. So, Hey, that's an exclusive. Look, that's a really early first look. I've not heard anybody else reporting on these bills. Of course, that is because just because these bills were proposed doesn't mean they're going to happen. Um, for example, there were several bills in the last few legislative sessions that just did not go anywhere. Shout out to HomeGrow. Um, it didn't go anywhere. I believe I believe Representative Mary Flowers filed for a HomeGrow bill. I might be wrong on that. Maybe it was Representative Carol Ammons from Urbana. Either way, it went nowhere. So folks, just because I talked about this today, just because these, these have been pre-filed, it doesn't mean anything, frankly. And so keep that in mind. If you support these bills after reading the fine print, reach out to your representatives. If you don't understand something, reach out to your representatives and they might be able to give you an answer. And I just want to thank you for tuning into this episode. If you've listened this far, it means that from my perspective, you truly care. And so thank you for paying attention and thank you for giving me your attention and time. Have a great morning or whenever you're listening to this and We'll see you on the next episode. Thanks. And just a party note, I wouldn't be surprised to see more bills filed in the coming days. Like I said, from what I understand, the session starts, I think, on Wednesday. So tomorrow. Um, so very possible you'll see bills filed throughout this week and throughout the session, frankly. Um, so keep your eyes on the... Illinois General Assembly's website, which is where most of this information will be. If you notice, all the links that I include do not go to the Illinois General Assembly's website. Well, that's because this has all been pre-filed, and so some of this information is actually not showing up on the portal just yet. It's kind of an interesting situation. Um, It should be, from what I understand, most of these bills, including uh, definitely, I believe, the descheduling of psilocybin, should be on the Illinois General Assembly's website by tomorrow, which would be January 11th. Could be wrong on that, though. This is my first spin at really paying attention to this stuff. So if you're along for the ride with me, well, it's going to be interesting. I look forward to learning more about the legislative process. And on that note, we'll see you on the next episode.